right. Welcome everyone to the MMOs.com podcast. Episode 165 here. Altai, joined by... Remo Tay. All right. Here we are. Another episode, another week. So Altai, before we get started, what have you, what have you been playing this week? I am still on, on that 24-7 WoW grind. Uh, this last week was the first week of the uh, first raid, Uldir. And uh, normal mode, sadly, I got to boss number seven mithrax and i could not Ooh. down him I, I i tried like i must have tried for like six hours straight couldn't do it but hopefully this week is a new week and for the record you are doing it with a pug group so you know you don't have like 20 friends that you're doing no you do it no. with kind of random just random but five five friends me and then we fell or joined together into a pug. i want to hear it all time is it your fault or is it your shitty teammates fault I would say you have you have to pick one. Don't give me no wishy washy answers. No okay. little bit of this, currently, little it's not my fault. I got the okay. Since I've done the fight for six hours, I got my you know mechanics down pat. But at the beginning, pat. at the beginning, I, I could I could take my fair share of blame for the wipes. All right, all right. Uh, not Altai's fault. Confirmed. You hear that, <laughs> Altai's pugs and uh, old ear for Battle of Azeroth. You fucking suck. All right. Anyway, I've been playing a bit of uh, quite a bit of Shadowverse lately. Got back into the Shadowverse grind. Uh, it's the it's a it's basically it's Hearthstone but with weeb characters. It's Weebstone, and it's actually surprisingly good. I played it back when it launched for a long time, and I just came back to it now. That game's got amazing art. There's so many nice booby characters in that game. Woo! Quality art. And I've been playing a bit of um, really anything, mostly Shadowverse. Anything new in Shadowverse? Uh, I know the last time I played it was you know a long time ago with you. Uh, they've added a new uh, class in the game. They've added a uh, Portalcraft, so it's like another new uh, like new set like new set of characters and then new character with like a new kind of play style whereas if you played like forest craft before you had a ton of like fairies you could summon like every every class kind of has its own mechanics so with uh, with portal craft now it's like if you have an even number of cards in your deck you have something called resonance active so a lot of your cards synergize with resonance so if resonance active your cards do better shit on other turns if you don't have resonance active when you have an odd number of cards in your deck you know those cards are weakened so it, it's a different play style and a different whole new set of cards in the game but i've been enjoying the game quite a bit and I've been playing a little bit of uh, a little bit of Battle of Azeroth as well, more so casually than you. I've been getting my eye levels back up. I'm like only like 310, 312 or so. Mm. You're like 349, so you're way ahead of me right now. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So, having played Shadowverse, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure you're super ready to try the new uh, Dota 2 card game that's coming up. Artifact. What are your thoughts on that? We'll get, we could go to the weekly uh, raid first. Right. I, 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 I got some complaints. About artifact, but let's go. Let's go hit up that weekly raid first. All right, that's a good. That's a good place to start. Uh, all right, let's go back to that. So this week, or this month, really, Tencent has had a really rough month. Uh, so at the beginning of the, I guess we should start with the whole riot thing again, just to quickly summarize. Mm-hmm. Riot got pelted with these uh, culture and sexual harassment stuff. Uh, so they did, now they have to hire all these law firms, do all this cultural sensitivity training, all this stuff. A lot of bullshit. Yep. And even before this, they were on track to lose money this year, actually. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as we all know, Tencent owns Riot Games. So it's one of their crown jewels, one of their biggest uh, products. And But that's that's only the start of it. They also, uh, Tencent also had their license for Monster Hunter World pulled in China abruptly. And this was Whoa. a huge mess. They had to issue like, uh, refunds, right? Yep. Um, and basically, they found themselves on the wrong side of the CCP, all right? The guys that make EVE Online? No, no, no. The Chinese Communist Party. Uh, same thing. Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> uh, 
And more broadly speaking now, China has actually banned all new game releases until they review and come up with some new process. And then from now on, once they restart the process, they're only going to approve a certain number of new games every year. So you can't just decide to make a game and launch it in China anymore like you can in America. Uh, so that's big. And they're doing all this for health reasons. They're saying, you know, too many Chinese kids especially are addicted to these games. Parents have to, like, send them to these boot camps, these internet addiction boot camps to get them out. It's a huge, huge uh, health problem, social problem in China. And the government is taking uh, a very authoritarian, very uh, sudden, erupt, regulatory uh, action all, against that, it. That's a bunch of bullshit, all right? Gaming is great, all right? I, I, there's an article, being good at multiplayer video games linked to higher intelligence study finds, all right? You're going to dispute my sciencetrends.com article, all right? They they, they, they use a screenshot at mos.com. This is very authoritative source, all right? So... Well, I mean, I, I, can, I, health reasons. I, I can buy. Well, first of all, they say East Asians are have higher IQs, so maybe because they play more League of Legends. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's because they League play. League of Legends it. is a big brain gaming. All right, <laughs> the more you play League of Legends, the bigger your brain gets. All right. Um, so anyway, so Tencent's having big trouble there in China, but this story doesn't end in China. Uh, even here in the West, we're seeing some governments start to head, uh, but you know, head butts, but butt heads. That's a word. Butt heads. Not headbutts. That's different. You just go, all right. <laughs> Butt heads with the big uh, uh, gaming companies. Uh, recently, Belgium actually said, hey, loot boxes are gambling in our country, so you can't do it. Uh, and Valve and Blizzard and others obliged by this law. They removed uh, the loot boxes from games like Overwatch for Blizzard and uh, CSGO for Valve. But EA decided to just ignore this uh, Belgian law. So EA continued to sell loot boxes in FIFA 2018. And now the Belgian government is actually threatening criminal charges against uh, EA. Ooh. And criminal charges are, are pretty hefty. These are, you know, the serious charge against the company. They could basically be prevented from doing business there if they don't comply. Uh, so what do you think about this, both on the Chinese front, where the dictator says, hey, no more games, and the Western front, where now you have governments suddenly realize that maybe this whole loot box thing is just, you know, a form of gambling for kids, and maybe it's going to be regulated. It's a tough one. I think this is the first time in a while we're basically seeing uh, gaming, uh, video gaming in general, being kind of attacked. Not maybe attacked, but like where, where it's kind of viewed as like maybe this, uh, that maybe this needs regulation. Because we've seen just like even like two weeks ago, remember the World Health Organization deemed gaming addiction some kind of disorder. Yep. We're seeing loot boxes being regulated. In China, literally no new games will launch for the next like potentially three to six months while the government reviews this stuff. And there's already boot camps in China to get people like off gaming addiction. So like, and I think there was I read an article the other week that referred to um like online gaming as millennial heroin. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really extreme. Like obviously we, we we all probably know people that play more games than they should. Or like 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 for example, Alta, you you've been telling me that you've been playing literally nonstop Battle for Azeroth since it launched. Like and, and it's okay that you can play it because you know we 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 run mos.com. You know it's considered research when you I, play. I it, have right? an excuse to play games all day, right? But, yeah, uh, excuse. Yeah, the, the friends I'm playing with who, who might be listening, uh, they're playing almost just as much as I am. And these guys have, you know, real jobs, you know, outside. Uh, they p- presumably have some kind of family and social obligations, you know. Mm-hmm. And yet they're keeping pace with me in terms of hours put in, which I, I don't know where they find the time of day, you know, the, the hours in a day to do this. So, and, and that's with the launch of the expansion. People are playing nonstop. And you asked me over, uh, over like breakfast earlier today or, or lunch for us. Like, how many people do you think lost their jobs 
over the yeah. launch of Battle for Azeroth. People just stopped going to work to play Battle for Azeroth. Or not just I mean, stop, but they, they, they uh, kept staying later and later. Like, I got to finish this raid. And then they just kind of pass out at 4 a.m. in front of the computer. They're late for work, like, three days in a row, you know? Yeah, so it, it's, it's, it's definitely becoming a problem. And there's a good New York Times article about, like, you know, uh, how many more people are playing more people are spending more time every day playing video games i think like why young men what was it why young men uh can't like find jobs anymore games have gotten too good or something yeah yeah i remember there was a whole wave of those coming out at that time yeah Fine. so the, the amount of time people are spending um playing video games has gone like through the roof so it's it's uh it's we're gonna get i think unfortunately we're probably gonna get more regulation on the on the loot on the, on the loot box front i am still firmly with you know i have no problem with loot boxes let, let them gamble away but uh, it's interesting to see that EA is taking this this fight to the Belgian courts. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, so, okay. So now we know the regulation is, uh, I think we both kind of agree that it's probably coming in some form. Mm-hmm. Now, the bigger question then is, what are your thoughts on it? So do we need any regulation, uh, whether we get it or not? And second, if we, if we do get regulation, how would you like to see it done uh, versus how bad it could be done? So like, I think China's is taking obviously the a much more sudden approach. They're literally saying, okay, for three to six months, no new games, zero, zilch new games, no PC games, no mobile mm-hmm. games, nothing. And then after that, we're gonna issue a license, a limited quota per year. So I don't know what the number is gonna be, but let's, let's say like fifty. So there'll only be fifty new games a year in China. Yeah, uh, no. that's crazy. That's 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 like that's what's way harsher than I think anyone, even people who criticize loot boxes and criticize addiction or whatever, would say. Is uh is is like you know reasonable. Obviously, we're not gonna get that in the West, but uh, what do you think we're gonna get here? We're gonna, I, th- I think I think we're gonna have to we'll, we'll get something as things get worse. But fortunately, I, I don't think in America video game addiction is nearly as big of a problem as it is in China. I mean, we've seen some really bizarre documentaries about like how bad it is for people and like how parents have to literally drug their kids to get them to rehab. Like they cannot leave the computer. People are wearing literal adult diapers. So they don't have to go AFK to pee or poop. They can just keep playing their their DFO, their World of Warcrafts. And this is happening much more in China than it is in America right now. So the gaming culture, the gaming like it, it's not what it is, you know, in America just yet. And I think if if it gets to those levels, it could easily be open to some form of regulation where like Korea, it's not just China. South Korea also monitors how much you can play, like, how much miners can play video games. Like there's a, there's a system where you can only play X amount of hours per day if you're like less than 18 years old in South Korea. So this isn't just happening in you know communist China. This is you know a democratic country like Korea this is happening in. So presumably if it can happen there, if the if people play a lot more games in the West, which they are doing, the amount of time young men are playing video games has only increased over the last like 15, 20 years. And if it keeps going on this trend, we're gonna probably have some similar system where I don't think you're gonna regulate it for adults. If you're you know 18 years old or older, you know, you can probably waste your life away playing games. Fuck yeah, that's what we're gonna do. But uh, you know, everyone else, if you're younger, there will be some kind of system that will, will cut you off after a certain amount of time. And uh, just to, you know, to add a flavor to that, the so Tencent preactively, pre- preemptively, basically, I think they realize more regulation is coming. So now they require anybody who makes an account for Honor of Kings, which I think is called Arena of Valor here in America. It's a mobile MOBA. It's a very large game. Uh, if you make an account now, you have to use your real name, and it's verified through uh, the Chinese government database of like your IDs or whatever. So this, this, mm-hmm. this system of real, real name, I think, is coming to China, all of China. And a Korea already has been doing this for years. If you want to make an account on any Korean site, you know, Nexon included, you need something called like you know, a Korean uh, ID number, a social security number from Korea, um, issued to a single individual. This way, if you hack or cheat in the game, 
they know exactly or if you, i guess if you say something illegal i don't know they know wh- who, where you are who you are where you live and they can come get you and i, I think show this in the background while you talk oh no yeah i've been, I've been doing that but, I, but okay, so for in terms of the real real name system, I think that's coming to the West. I think in America and Europe, you will not be able to make an account anonymously on whether it's Twitter, Facebook, uh, Google, World of Warcraft, whatever it is. You're going to need some kind of ID verification tied to that account. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it could definitely. But I don't know. Yeah, but I don't think it, it's only to monitor basically for children, so they can't they can't play that long. But I think if you're an adult in America, I think you'll be able to, you know, you won't, you'll basically be able to do all of this unrestricted. You'll you'll be able to, you'll play unrestricted, but they'll know you're playing. So in the yeah. future, if they want to like send some social worker to your house or something, I don't know. Yeah, but you know, we watched this documentary on like China's web junkies, and it's really eye opening. You know, I recommend if you haven't um, if you haven't seen it to actually check it out. Yeah, it's my just, yeah. my favorite part of this documentary, guys, is um, so the kids are literally in these like uh, in this walled, you know, secured uh, compound. Ca- compound, right? And they're interviewing one of the kids, and they say, uh, one time, like him and like some of his friends, they broke out of the camp at night, and they were they went to an internet cafe to play all night. And then when the warden uh, realized they were missing, he knew where to look right away, the nearest internet cafe, and they were all there, hunched over, playing. <laughs> they, they they couldn't even escape their compound to go to the internet cafe, like the, not the nearest one, the next one. No, they had to stop at the nearest internet cafe because like they just had to get their fix, you know. <laughs> so it, it's absolutely nuts. And seeing this is definitely kind of sad because, I mean, we all, like, clearly love video games, right, and enjoy them. But there's definitely a certain point where, you know, you could easily get sucked in and just, I don't know. It's it's sad to see people, like, potentially ruin their lives. They play that much. But then again, you know, there's a positive side to me with how much people love games. I think there's a lot of people out there that, like, video games give them meaning. Like, they go to work so they can keep playing video games. You know, they go to work so they can support their hobby of playing video games. And if you took that away from them, they, they wouldn't have anything else to do, you know? I, I I don't know which one's worse. <laughs> I don't know. I I, I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. What's though. worse, you, the you, guy who works solely to play games, or the guy who just plays games and, and doesn't because of that doesn't bother working? <laughs> like, no, uh, like the guy who works to play games. No, no, the guy who works to play video games. I can respect that. All right, he, he clearly likes what he does, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Well, you know, he he works to support his hobby. You know, it's well, the other guy's got to figure it out. He he just plays games. He, he and he yeah. doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, but then eventually he's gonna ruin his life eventually, and he's he's gonna be like unprotective, incapable of supporting his hobby. And you know, I prefer, the guy who I prefer the term committed. All right. Committed. He's more committed. All right. Perhaps, <laughs> I like it. But I think we, I don't know. Something, something, something might be happening with the. We got loot box regulation. We got people playing more games than ever before. China's cracking down on this. The World Health Organization's kind of made it some its own diagnosis, some disorder now. So I don't know. Shit's gonna happen with video gaming eventually. So yep. hopefully, hopefully it doesn't. But I'm already I'm over 18. So sucks to be a kid though. If they add all these like crazy restrictions. Kids these days. So yes, yeah. share your thoughts. Um, do you think mm-hmm. more regulation is coming? Uh, if it if you think it is, should it? You know, what, what are your stance on it? Should we limit time, etc.? Let us know. All right, I want to talk a little about Dead Frontier too, a game I doubt you ever heard about. All right, all time. Dead Front? No, I haven't heard of it. It's got over five thousand players on Steam. It's uh, it's an MMO zombie survival game. All right, and I have a I, I have one? a scheme. It's not. It, it's basically. It's really weird. It's, it basically has MMORPG elements, persistent elements where you get like items and ammo and you can trade them with other players, weapons you can trade with other people through the auction house, right? But I have a system, guys. I got a great business idea. And it involves employing Venezuelans for a dollar an hour to make me rich. And here's how it works. All right, listen. I played the game for the first time yesterday. 
And uh, the game has a lot of problems, all right? But I'm not, I don't really talk about the game's problems. I want to talk about my scheme in Dead Frontier 2 to get rich, all right? Okay. So there's an auction house in the game. So as soon as you start the game, you start with like 25 bucks in your pocket in Dead Frontier 2. I go to the police station in the game, and that's where the auction house is, all right? Players can buy and sell items. But the auction house interface is so awful and so janky that most people that sell items in the auction house don't even know what the items are worth. Because what you do is you go to the sell menu, and you just list your item, and you just put a random price in, right? Because nobody knows what it's worth. But you... And there's also a buy menu, so people don't look up the value of the item before they list it. So very common items like bullets are sold all the time. So what I what, what I did was with like $25, I went to the buy menu and I searched for 556 five, bullets in Dead Frontier 2. Now, these bullets are worth $3 each normally. But every time, if, if you keep going through the menus and refreshing, people always sell them for $1 each. All right? So for 20 minutes straight, I was refreshing that menu, buying all the 556 five, bullets for $1 each or less and selling them for $3 each. I turned my $25 in the game into over $1,200, all right? And now, okay. just to give you some context, I looked on Player Auctions, probably the biggest uh, RMT website for basically buying and selling for basically Final Fantasy XIV, World of Warcraft, every game. And the going price, the going rate for 1000 bucks in Dead Frontier 2 is $5. I made that $5 in about 20 minutes of playing the auction house, all right? And I think I'm getting better at it. I can make more than five bucks an hour playing the auction house, all right? That's five bucks in 20 minutes. So I can make $15 an hour doing that, all right? Now, let's say I hire 10 Venezuelans for, for $3 an hour, all right? If they can make if they can make 2,000 bucks in the game, $10 an hour for me. I hire them for $3 an hour and they make $10 an hour for me. Every hour, I net $7 profit if I can sell it for $5 each, all right? We got 10 of them, 70 bucks an hour, five hours a day, $350 a day, Rima, I'm going to get rich. Your plan falls apart when you realize that, A, the game is currently as big as it'll ever be, right? 5,000 players. 5,000 so, players? That's not bad. Now, second, the auction house is only going to level over time as more people learn the prices. Listen, listen. I did it for about 30 minutes last night, nonstop. There is always opportunity. We're going to milk this, boys. We're going to milk it. We're going to get rich. A, <laughs> you're going to have more people trying to game the auction house than there are other actual players trying to play the game. Listen, like that, that's why you can't scale this up. Right? Here's, yeah. you can't, uh, let's, say I have, let's say I have three employees for me working for $3 an hour. Three, okay? If I have three of them working for me, I think I can... I'll have one of them camp to five, five, six bullets. I'll have one of them camp to twenty gauge shotgun bullets, and one to camp to seven, six, two bullets. All right, and then we're going to, we're going to corner the market, sell sell it for three times the price, and I'll make a hundred bucks a day. All right, boom, three thousand dollars a month, easy money. Make it happen, boys. Uh, I, I think it'll work for you for one month, and then it's going to level off. So I, I I hate to throw shade know, but, on but, your plan, but, but to be but to be able to make five dollars worth of in-game currency in twenty minutes, I think it's pretty impressive because like. Five bucks is only, it's, it's five bucks, right? It's not a lot of money. But to do that in like 25 minutes or so is like equivalent to making like $12 an hour. So and that's so, literally doing the very mindless activity in the game. So how, how does this auction, is, is this one server with 5,000 people? How does it work? Like it, It's actually really bad. The game has some really weird fundamental issues, I think. It's basically, it's lobby-based, right? So you create, a, you create a lobby, six people join, and you start the game and you play, right? Mm -hmm. But there's a persistent auction house where you can basically, the items you find in your lobby, you can sell in a persistent auction house to everyone else in their lobbies, right? So botting guaranteed. Yeah, botting guaranteed, obviously. But uh, here's the thing. In the chat, there are already, there's already a big economy of Venezuelans playing RuneScape to make money because of hyperinflation in their country. And people are playing RuneScape, and they make more money playing RuneScape than they do in their real jobs. So there's some issues in Venezuela for sure. Take advantage of it, boys. Gotta, gotta, gotta you know, seize the opportunity, as they say.
But uh, dirty cap. This game, this game is really, really bizarre because all right, I launched the game. So if you, sh I mean, show, if you sh are you showing off the video in the background for the game, I'm, I'm showing you yeah, some gameplay. Yeah. So it's some, it's some third person shooter, right? So the first time I launched this game, right? Because a friend recommends I, I played it, so I gave it a try. I'll do a first look video for it real soon. But I jump into the game. You start with your gun. You're standing on this like this this street with a gun. There's some zombies. You want to shoot them and stuff, right? The first thing I tried doing, I tried running. You know, reason my whole shift can't run, boys. No running. Shifting, uh, running is uh is a skill you have to unlock at level two. You can't run at level. You can't run right away. But like a kid, okay. baby can't run. Can't yeah, unlock but you're but you're an adult. So that doesn't make any sense. Anyway, whatever. You know, you can you can, you can unlock it. That's fair, right? It's kind of weird, but it's fair. The next thing I tried doing, I tried hitting control to crouch or C to crouch. The game's got no crouching. What kind of shooter? Doesn't have crouching. What the hell? All right. You know what? I'll give it a pass. The next thing I tried doing, I tried jumping. Everyone likes jumping, right? You gotta right? jump. You gotta jump. What? I can't play a game if you can't jump. Hit that space bar. No jump. The game's got no jumps. What the fuck? What are they doing? Where's my jump? Where's what my crouch? What are you playing? Like some like arthritic guy who can't like do anything? Right. He can't Come run. On. He can't crouch. Did they? Did they can't get? Jump. The, did they get the design team from uh, Ocarina of Time where you can't? You can't. <laughs> Jump at will, huh? Those guys had a genius big, big brain gaming back then? Come on, I can't do it. It's, you, can't, you can't jump, you can't shift. Woof. But uh, the, the core game isn't bad because it's free to play, but there are just some really fundamental issues with the game that kind of nag me the wrong way. But because it's free, it gets a bit of a pass. But so, the, real, the real fun in the game was playing, though. I had more fun playing the auction house for 20 minutes just going through this awful interface than I did playing the game. So just watching the game... It, it seems it's less like um, something like Left 4 Dead, where it's very fast-paced. This seems no, a lot yeah. slower. and It's like, a lot slower. So do you work to... Is it co-op? or do you face Yeah, it, 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 it's co-op. Yeah, it's co-op. You, you just you, you kill zombies, you grind these missions. And, and it's really weird because the monsters spawn infinitely. So you go into a room, you know, you don't want to waste your ammo because you're playing Resident Evil-style gaming. You got your stupid, you know... You got either Iron Pipe or this, like, 2x4, and you, you just smack zombies, right? And you kill them. <laughs> and then 1 in 10 zombies drop, like, loot. And you have a chance to get more ammo. And then you go into the next room. There's ten. There's three more zombies. You go back into the room you just came from. There's three more zombies. Every room you go to, the zombies keep respawning. So it's you know you know it's there's a lot of loading screens in the game. Literally every door you go through is a loading screen, and each room is like tiny. It's like literally like one room, and there's a loading screen. So it's really, really bizarre. But it's a free to play zombie survival MMO. I think the only real cool gimmick in the game is its MMO elements, right? It's got this you know the items you find you can sell to other players. It's got real like player economy in the game. So that's really the only like. Cool sauce in Dead Frontier too, so but it, I, again, I had more fun doing the auction house and playing the game. Does it have like random loot? Like, can I get like a special like a plank of plus four damage or something? Yeah, you can find very uh, varied rarities for like weapons too. So yes, there's like some RNG loot, I believe. Cool. Yeah, um, it's yeah. the auction house is more fun though. All right, I'll, I'm, I'll wait I, for your first look. All right, wait for the first look. All right, the, the website does call it MMO because it's got some MMO elements, even though it's lobby based. Yeah, that that was my experience with Death Frontier too. But that I'm gonna put my business practice, my scheme, into practice one day. All right, I'm gonna get rich. <laughs> You'll make thousands of pennies. All right, let's go to uh, well, that's the most interesting story. Unless you got something, what well, do you got? Let's go back to the artifact first, just to get right. out of the way because we mentioned it. Yeah. So apparently, artifact is gonna be buy to play, which we knew, but there will be no way, no method to earn cards in the game. You can only buy them for cash. So how do you feel about that? Game sucks. Games, game I, I sucks. hate it. I hate wow. it. I hate it. The the game costs twenty. It's it's a it's a it's a digital card game like Hearthstone and Shadowverse, but it costs twenty dollars to play. Twenty dollars gets you, I think, ten packs and two starter decks, right? And literally, there is no way in the game to unlock new packs for free. Zilch, zero, nothing. 
You know, when you play Hearthstone, you can do like your daily missions, you get gold, you can buy packs for free. Nope, none of that in Artifact. The game costs money, and every pack you buy costs money. There is no way to get free packs or free cards whatsoever in the game. So it's more akin to a traditional Yu-Gi-Oh! or Magic the Gathering where you have to buy booster packs. And you can buy cards individually from other players that sell them from their booster packs. You can't craft cards. Literally, it's just a traditional like physical card game in digital form. And I hate it because there's no way to play for free. You have to buy it, and you have to buy every pack in the game. And uh, in, in a world where we're all used to playing Shadowverse and Hearthstone, where arguably Hearthstone is very grindy to get a lot of decks, but in games like Shadowverse, they give away a lot of packs for free. You can play the game for free. You just cannot play Artifact for free. So I think it's going to really hurt the game a lot. Uh, to balance that, though, it's going to be the only card game that's actually a trading card game because you will be able to sell your individual cards on the Steam yep. Marketplace. So you can buy... You can put, now, this is gambling in a way, actually, when you think about it. So yes. you, can, you can literally buy a digital booster pack, get lucky uh, with some super rare Pokemon yeah. card, and then sell it on the Steam Marketplace for like 50 bucks or something, 100 bucks. Yeah, how is this not gambling? Yeah, it, it's just gambling. It's straight gambling. This, this is way more gambling than any loot box in Overwatch ever because you can't even trade your Overwatch skins. You know, you can literally sell your packs and artifact, the rare cards you find for, for, for Steam bucks, which you can later trade to USD by, by, by buying keys in like Dota 2 or, or CSGO and selling them for dollar $1.95 each on, on Reddit trading for, for, uh, for, for CSGO. So this is, this is 100% gambling. And it's, people talk a lot of shit about Hearthstone and Shadowverse because like they're free to play, but like they call them pay to win because you can't get cards unless you pay money. But like Artifact will be the same thing, but worse. Because the only way to get cards will be for cash. And and the thing is about both Shadowverse and Hearthstone, you can easily make one meta deck in both games as a free-to-play users with no problem. Because you can dust the cards you don't want, you get packs for events and dailies and logging in and doing your uh, basic quests. So if you play the game for a short while, you can make a meta deck. You can make a single meta deck pretty easily because you can disenchant all the cards you don't want. But that's it. You know, It's very hard to get multiple meta decks because it requires way too much dust and way too many cards unless you pay. But that's at least at least you can do that for free. And if you like the game, you can buy some backs. It is you can't do that in in in, um, in artifact, and that's going to be a big hindrance. Why would why would anybody quit playing Hearthstone and buy this game or Shadowverse? And, and it's when all the other digital card games are free to play, including Gwent and all the other like smaller ones. I don't know. They're shooting themselves in the foot with this one, and the game looks hella complicated too. Uh, and. Well, to be honest, it has a really good pedigree, though. The guy who made Magic, uh, Garfield, Richard Garfield, is actually a uh, designer behind Artifact. So that's a pretty pretty immense pedigree. So I think just because of that, I'm going to try it. And I think, what, what what did you say the the initial set cost? Like 20 or $30 or something? It's in $19.99, and it includes uh, two starter packs and 10 packs. Yeah. yeah, so I'll probably just get that and just see how I feel about the game. Uh, just because, you know, the guy who made Magic made it. But uh, I don't like the aesthetic, <sighs> to be honest. Like, I'm looking at this gameplay, guys. Uh, it has this three-lane thing going. Uh, the art's kind of bland. Like, it's just brown, kind of. So, I don't know. We'll see. I think what made um, Hearthstone really successful is it's, like, very easy to pick up and play, easy to learn, and, like, some difficulty to master. Whereas this game looks like a much more uh, complex game, which has its pros and cons. I think it's going to lose out on a lot of players being more complex. But the fact that it's complex may attract a different audience than Hearthstone and Shadowverse, because both games are much simpler, I would say. There's a lot more going on, clearly, with uh with Artifact. But yeah, I'm not a I'm not a I'm not I'm not eager. Honestly, I'm not very eager to play it. It's a Valve game. That's the only hype I have behind it. I'm probably not even gonna buy it day one. I'll give it a try eventually, but 
I'm enjoying Shadowverse way too much right now to really think about any other card game. Uh, and it's a, it's a, I think Artifact is coming out at a pretty competitive time because like, I don't know why you got back into Shadowverse, but if they have mm-hmm. a big new expansion or something, uh, that's a that's a, a challenger. And also, um, Gwent that uh, mm-hmm. which is free card game. It's been out, it's been playable for a while now, but I think uh, they're really pumping it. They're actually working on a very long single player campaign for Gwent. So a lot of these card games, uh, one of the I guess complaints was there was not enough to do on your own. Especially when Hearthstone came out, people had like what do they call it, queue anxiety. Like people were afraid to play ranked in Hearthstone. Yeah, but they had uh, single player campaigns and stuff. You see, Hearthstone had a lot of single player stuff, and I actually played that more than I played multiplayer Hearthstone. I never got into uh. Hearthstone. Why the multiplayer was still pretty fun. I, I I got easily like fifty to hundred hours, if not more. I think I got one hundred fifty hours in, in, in Hearthstone. I had a lot of fun with it, but Shadowverse has the waifus. All right, ooh, Arcoin that game is a plus. Take it over. It's so good. Yeah, but to finish off with this uh, Gwent thing, so they're making a single player campaign that's going to be spun off into its own game. So Whoa. here's the chain here. So we have Witcher three, right? It had a built-in card game in Witcher. They decided to spin that off as a separate game called Gwent. Now. Gwent, the card game, is getting a spin-off of a single-player campaign mode for the card game Gwent. And that game is going to be called Thronebreaker, The Witcher Tales. So that, that's that's a chain of events there. And that's going to create its own spin-off game. <laughs> it's going to create its own spin-off game. Think about it. We're going deep, boys. Layers deep. Layers deep. But All right. Yeah. None of these games actually, even Gwent, I don't, I don't like the art style. It's like too bland and brown. But yeah. The art style, Shadowverse. I'll link you some of my favorite art, maybe in the post game. All right, they're, we'll, they're we'll, we'll look at it then. All right, uh, let's All move right. on to, I think my one of my most favorite stories of the week. Something I found really surprising about Black Desert Online. I linked it to you, so maybe share that. It's uh, Black Desert Online earns ten t- earns three times as much money. Black Desert Mobile earns three times as much money as the PC version. So we all know Black Desert Online was is probably the most successful MMORPG launch of the last couple of years, right? It's like the only real MMORPG launch the last few years. It still gets a good amount of players on Steam, off Steam. So it's doing really well, and it was always doing well. But when the mobile version of the game launched, it absolutely blew away the numbers for the PC version. So the PC version of Black Desert Online has been out for... is out worldwide now, basically. Everywhere in the world. And the PC version made $26.3 million uh, worldwide in the last three months, in Q2 of 2018. Whereas the Black Desert Mobile, which is only out in South Korea... In the same three months, made $73.5 million. It made about three times as much money. And this comes at a time when Black Desert users in America and Europe, the North American and European regions for the PC version of Black Desert, are the biggest regions for the game. Like It does more money. Black Desert Online does more money in North America and Europe than it does in, in Korea, in its, in its home market, right? It's one of the few games that did really well overseas, more so than its home market. But... In, the, in these important regions, people are complaining about the PC version being pay-to-win. And it's, been, it's always been getting steadily more pay-to-win. And more so, especially in the last two weeks with the introduction of the last patch. But the mobile version of Black Desert Online has always been pay-to-win. There's been no semblance of fairness in the mobile version of the game compared to the, like, the PC version. And despite that, it is absolutely killing it in revenue. So it's, it's absolutely nuts. So, okay, my, my takeaway from this is for those who complain about you know encroaching pay to win in you know PC games or console games, you're complaining online or complaining to the developer or publisher it will have zero effect. 
the the mm. momentum behind the revenue behind mobile and the fact that it works and there's no semblance of fair play on mobile right it's all pay to win and it works so seeing this there's no way the developers will ever listen to people complaining on forums if you threaten to quit a game because it's pay to win it doesn't matter you're, you're you're just you're speaking into the wind the only solution we have if we want to maintain uh non-pay to win in pc games and console games is i think the regulation like they're doing they're starting to do in belgium and the government in china is doing through uh the hammer what do you think about that more like no i i no? don't think you can regulate the kinds of games sure these companies will make. They, they just won't make them the, you, if you require a pc game to be like not pay to win no, not just, make or just, games. just games in general let's or say you, you make a you make a law saying okay your game cannot have these you know pay to win elements what the, pay for advantage put, I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think any country has ever considered doing that, right? They, they can regulate the gambling. Well, we gotta start it now. We can start it now, huh? Uh, that that seems really odd. You, yes, I I can understand if the if the loot boxes feel like gambling and gambling is regulated, they can do that. I don't see how. It just seems so weird. It's like that's like that's like no different than saying like uh, TV shows like new TV series just have to be sci-fi comedies. What? Why? Yeah. That's a, why that's you? That's a great that's rule. I would I would vote for that. Petition. You're a fan of sci-fi comedies? Yeah. The Orville? Come on. The Orville is, Orville is a great show yeah. on, that, on that front. Orville is a great show. But I, I don't know if we can do that. I, I, with the gambling elements, yes, I can see that more so than just dictating what kinds of <laughs> games are required to make. So Cash Shield says, I feel like games need to hybridize PC and mobile. Use PC to make an actual good game and mobile to milk cash from retards. But it's yes, a symbiotic relationship. But here's the problem. What, what, if you're the developer of that kind of game and you're milking the retards on mobile... Why not also milk them on PC? Like, what do you have to lose? Like, it clearly works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a problem we face. Um, and there's no, I don't think there's any free solution to it. I think if you leave the market as is, it will go 100% pay to win on PC the way it is today on mobile, guaranteed. There's a really good, um, uh, there's a really good presentation by a guy named Ben Cousins. He worked as at Battlefield Heroes. He was one of the, I think, the executives or the, the chief designers of the game. And he talked about basically what happened when the game went pay to win. It's a 2014 presentation. And basically the gist of it was um, they introduced a patch, I think in, in 2009, they introduced basically pay to win weapons to the game. And once they introduced that patch, everyone basically did outrage on the forums, right? All the people on the forums are saying this game is effing dead. You make the game pay to win. We're all going to quit. One guy left a comment saying, hey, Ben, do you feel like a big man now? You're an asshole. I hope you know you enjoy watching your player base get destroyed and turn against you. All this outrage about pay to win, right? And he goes, despite all the outrage, here's what we noticed. So he shows us the data after they made the game pay to win in 2009, the exact date of the patch that made the game pay to win, where you can buy overpowered weapons that actually impact the game. Prior, you can only buy skins. So what happened was the daily active users numbers stayed the same. The number of people logging in to play the game didn't change. The number of people, um, the number of users actually signing up to play the game every day didn't change. The same number of people were basically signing up to play the game. The same number of active users were playing the game. The only thing that changed was the average revenue per user more than double. <laughs> people spent more money. And what's remarkable is the whales that were already spending money didn't spend any more money. The only thing that actually changed was the casual users who previously didn't spend any money ended up buying to pay to win weapons. So everyone got really pissed off. They did all this outrage. But at the end of the day, people just, just accepted the pay-to-win weapons. And this guy actually makes a pretty snide remark, basically. He shows uh, the forum post by this guy saying, Hey, Ben, are you a big man now? I hope you know. I, I hate you. You ruined the game. I'm never going to play this shit again. That exact user who was complaining, two days later, he converted to being a paying user, where he never spent That's a penny funny. before. So 
despite all the outrage, it's remarkable that people complain and then literally just spend money the next day. The only way we can fight against this is to just not spend the money. You know, if you find a game that's going too pay to win, just don't spend any money. It's that is the work. only way not gonna you work. can fight back. Not going to work. All right. If you complain and then spend money, you, they're just laughing at you. All right. Just don't complain and spend the money if you want. But if you complain and then spend money, this guy literally makes a jab at this retard who called him out. And then he just ends up spending money. So maybe I'm, I'm going to link the presentation in case anyone's interested in Twitch chat. I thought this was very fascinating because how much outcry there was versus the actual results of going pay to win. And it's remarkable because they go, they start from the beginning saying basically how much money we were making per user before we were pay to win. And they, they were basically only selling cosmetics and skins. And it just wasn't enough to bring in the revenue to support the game. I mean, the game later shut down years later. But the, from the even like a six months after the pay to win changes, nothing changes. There's active player base. And the number of people joining the game didn't change either. So it was all remarkably steady. I thought I thought it was very fascinating. So okay, here's a good. Here's, I found a really good pie graph from the presentation. Mm -hmm. So obviously, a lot of this kind of hate against pay to win is obviously showing up on the forums, right? People going mm -hmm. on the forums, but the forums can give you a warped view of your player base because mm -hmm. not every uh, not everyone goes to the forums for games. So here on the, on the, on the screen, you guys can see the pie graph of the whole players for the Battlefield Heroes. The big blue part is never touch the forums. These are people who never go to the forums. Okay. The red, mm -hmm. the next thing, the red one is read forums, never post. And the slight green sliver there is read and post on forums. So it's it's those people who are whining about the pay to win uh, changes. And a lot mm -hmm. of developers get scared by that sliver. But they don't realize that most people don't care. <laughs> like they, they, they have no engagement with the uh, changes that happen. They just eat it. Whatever changes come, they eat it. It doesn't matter. And if you look at the actual like 3409 the video, there's another good post saying total gross revenue from forum posters divided by total number of forum posters. The forum posters on average spend more than 10 times the average user. That's funny. So the guys that are most vocal uh, and complaining, they actually spend 10 times what the average person spends. Yeah. So the average spend is, is absolutely nuts. Like how much more they spend. So if you look at also look at 3601, that shows monthly new users for Battlefield Heroes. And that line is when they add the pay to win patch. The numbers of new users joining the game have not changed since going pay to win. If your active player base doesn't change, the number of people coming to the game doesn't change. It's remarkable how little effect it had. Like, it, it's just it's remarkable how nothing changed. And the monthly churn rate for the game, people quitting the game, didn't change either. The only thing that changed is if you look at 3714 is a conversion rate of people willing to pay money. The people that didn't spend any money before, people spending money now from the pay to win weapons has changed. So I thought it was pretty, pretty remarkable. Just this is a really good case study on how pay to win affects the game because it's, a, it's one of the few instances where we get a presentation from the game company themselves or the guy who was running, you know, who, who made the the pay to win changes into a game and the before and after changes. I don't think we've seen a single case study since. We've always seen like outrage and how games die sometimes, but we never actually saw from like the inside perspective, which I thought was very fascinating. If you're interested in pay to win in microtransactions and gaming. This is a definitely a good presentation to view. Agreed. Pay to win is a win every way for the company, so rip our future, unfortunately. <laughs> Evan Teeth Evan says Eve. We should talk about Eve online. Let's talk about Eve. That was another big story yeah. of the week, boys. It's a good we segue from BDO, Eve. too. So let's go back to that BDO uh, mobile thing. So, okay. So Black Desert is made by Pearl Abyss, and their mobile one is doing great now. And it's doing so well, apparently, that they just went out and bought what I thought was a company that was actually too big to swallow for them. They bought CCP, the guys who make EVE Online. They paid $425 million for EVE Online. And I was shocked. I thought maybe like Tencent or something would buy 
could buy this company, but I did not think Pearl Abyss would do it. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, I was surprised too because I, I didn't think they were that big. You know, I, I knew uh, I knew Pearl Abyss was decently big, but they raised a lot of money from their IPO in South Korea, and they've been doing very well in the stock market. So they have all this extra money to spend, and we've seen basically a lot of. Um, it's remarkable how many Western game studios have been swallowed up by either Asian, but basically Asian companies, mostly Chinese for the most part. Because I know we know, um, like RuneScape is owned by a Chinese company now. Uh, Warframe is owned by a Chinese company, different Chinese company. Path of Exile. Path of Exile is owned by a Chinese company. We have another giant. There's a whole bunch of other big. Uh, the guys that make Ark Survival Evolved also owned by a Chinese company. It's just remarkable how many successful, like successful smaller games, end up being bought up by Chinese and Asian companies, basically. And now Eve Online, which has been around for one of the staples, one of the longest running MMORPGs, and very popular as well, one of the more popular long running MMORPGs, has also been swallowed up now by Pearl Abyss. And people are are, are worried that the game is going to be paid to win, especially coming from like it's there's a lot of conspiracy theories on reddit basically they bought this like within like a week of the pay to win patch launching on on black desert online so there's a lot of ill will towards pearl abyss right there and people are assuming that it's going to cause a lot of pay to win issues in uh in eve online i think it's exaggerated i think they bought it more so they could make a pay to win mobile version a few people in chat said that so Mm -hmm. i i have no doubt that pearl abyss is now working on a mobile eve online with you know super pay to win titan excel yep $2,000, $2,000, please, version. Yeah. But I don't see what they have to gain uh, by making the the current PC platform pay to win. It's already got... It's, it's still got a relatively decent player base, but it's certainly not growing at this point, right? Yeah. So I don't know why they would scare off those core users when they could just make a mobile version and attract millions of new players with this you know known IP and just milk people there. So I could be wrong about that, but I just don't see the... Uh, incentive there's how much meat is left on the bone of evil online versus what they can do with the mobile version i don't i'm, I'm with you i don't think they're going to change the they're not going to rock their boat with with eve online the pc but like you said the mobile version will be paid to win but here's why the mobile eve will be so successful because what's going to happen and, and i can see why people that like eve are upset about this and here's why because if they when they launch eve online mobile it can be a mobile strategy game right it's going to attract a lot of EVE Online users because people that play EVE Online, for the most part, are actually older users. The average EVE Online player is probably over 30, right? Is, yep. is my guess. If not, if not like 35, 40 even. Like, there's a lot of older people playing EVE Online and they have money. So this is a very smart buy for Pearl Abyss because they're not going to change uh, EVE Online on the PC version. But when they launch a mobile version, all those EVE players are going to give the mobile version a try. A lot of these older gamers... You know, we actually don't play a lot of mobile games either. So maybe if, if we played Eve, we would probably play the mobile version as well if they if, if it were launched. The people, they're going to try it out probably for the first time. It might be their first mobile game or like their second mobile game. And it's going to be so pay to win. But they're going to get into the door because they like Eve. And this this consumer, this market, this audience of over 30 plus gamers have a lot more disposable income than your average gamer. The average guy playing Fly for Fun or Maple Story doesn't have a lot of money to blow. The average guy playing Eve Online is already like midway through his career. He, he earns more money. The mobile Eve is going to make so much money. Mobile Eve is going to be a tremendous success for, for Pearl Abyss or, or CCP because it's going to be pay to win. But it's still going to hurt the Eve franchise because even though Eve Mobile, Eve Online will be pay to win, Eve Mobile will be pay to win. So it'll be kind of like a bait and switch for, for the player base to a degree. Also, we should note that this uh, state of affairs is something basically CCP brought upon themselves. For the past over 10 years, they've basically been taking the money that Eve makes for them and just blowing it on these pet projects. Do you remember yeah, Dust514 or something? No. Okay. What the, what the hell is that? Really? So, okay. 
So imagine you have this really great PC MMORPG, right? Mm-hmm. So what do your players want that are paying you every month? Well, why don't we make a work on your game? No, why don't we make a console exclusive shooter? Okay, that 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 only tangentially is tied to the IP, and then obviously it fails and nobody buys it. So that's a total waste of money. Then they work on a uh, a second MMORPG. That I guess they, I don't know how many years they worked on it, but it was a couple of years. It was they were probably pretty far in development, and they just mm-hmm. can't. It was called World of Darkness. So not only did they mm-hmm. can it, but then they sold off the IP. Uh, I think it was I forgot what the IP is uh, based on. It was some like vampire or werewolf stuff. So they sold it to Paradox. Uh, I don't know if Paradox has done anything with it yet, but basically they've blown at least two full scale game development budgets on non Eve pro- you know, projects. So that Yikes. that's that, I mean, and they can and one bad game like that can bankrupt the studio. So they've had two mm-hmm. disastrous full scale. Oh, and I forgot one huge one, the Eve Valkyrie. CCP bet huge on VR, uh, way before it was you know tested. So before Oculus even came out, they were one of the most gung ho studios for for VR. Uh, and Eve Valkyrie, I'm sure, cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I just I, I haven't even tried Eve Valkyrie. We played that other mm-hmm. the, the simpler mini game one. What was it called? Eve. It was another Eve game. It was like a shooter. Like a rail shooter on VR? On EVE related? Yeah. Doesn't ring a bell. You, you don't even remember. So anyway, so they blew the, they blew money on VR. They blew money on a console shooter. And they blew money on a second MRPG that never saw the light of day. Uh, uh, yeah, if I'm an EVE player, I've been playing the game for years. And you're, you're seeing like the studio you support just taking all the money that you're giving them and literally blowing on these garbage games that don't, that don't go anywhere, right? It's definitely a little bit disheartening, especially when they're still like, EVE is not a perfect game, right? There's still issues they got to fix. And they will people would love to see more content in the game. You know, just hire more people to make more and more ships, more 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 stuff in the game to do, right? More expansions and stuff. And like all that money feels kind of squandered. So it's it's definitely a big kind of slap in the face for their user base. That Gunjack. all this money got diverted elsewhere. Gunjack, do you remember now? Doesn't does it, I don't even remember. I, doesn't ring a bell. That's the one we played. So it was, it was like that unmemorable. Yeah, I guess you don't remember. Okay. But we played Gunjack yeah. on VR. Uh and VR never took off. Like it's got such a small yeah. install base. So I mean, you can't swing and miss three times in a row uh, like that. Which is actually what I think Riot's problem is. You know, does you know when I heard that Riot was losing money or close to losing money, I I, I actually didn't believe it at first because mm-hmm. it's such a big game still, right? Uh, League of Legends. Mm-hmm. But I think internally they've had multiple now full-fledged development teams work on projects and then get canned because it didn't meet their standards. And yeah. it, and each one probably takes a couple hundred employees to to run each of these uh, development projects internally. And you can't you can't fund you know those for years, and I keep mm-hmm. canning them and expect to you know stay afloat. Mm-hmm. So, what's the next uh, big Western game studio to uh, be acquired by a Korean or Chinese company? What do you think? Ooh, good question. What's left? I got one. I got one. If it's not already acquired, oh, all right. Psionics, the guys that make Rocket League. Oh, someone's got to buy them. I think Tencent's gonna get their their hands on that if they if they haven't already. That's a that's a uh, who do you think owns them? Are they independent? The private company, Cyanix independent. They might have, they might have already received investment from, another, from like a bigger company, but because what's remarkable is I'm looking at the most played games on Steam, and like it, it's a very common thing now. If like yeah, Warframe was sitting on the top ten list for a long time. They got bought up by uh, a Chinese company. You know, uh, Path of Exile has been sitting there for a while. It got bought up by Tencent. So we've been seeing these companies acquire like any any game that gets popular it gets acquired by some asian company now black there's online is the 20th most played game right now they got bought out by by pearl base so you know i would be surprised you know if it's the next big one to get bought out oh it's already bought by tencent Psyonix already no, no no pathways Path, 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 yeah 
I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone owns Psyonix right now. It's it's it's, a, it's an American based studio. I, I looked at the Wikipedia page. I couldn't see if there were you know any investments from elsewhere. No, I don't think so. I I, I can't see anything on Wikipedia. Yeah. Right so it could you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Even um, what the guys that make uh, Paladin is high res. Did they receive oh. an investment from uh, from Tencent as well? Because uh, I don't know. Both that, Paladin and Smite still does really well. So I, I would be surprised they acquired it too. E Rock one hundred one X. Thank you for the Twitch Prime sub. Mutual love. So yeah, it looks like Tencent does have an investment in High Res Studios as well. So basically, like if you're a game company and you're doing well, you're going to be bought out by an Asian company for the most part. And it's it's remarkable how many studios are getting gobbled up now. Fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, if they if they all run things the way um like I think Riot Games, they they waste a lot of money, they make a lot of mistakes. But the beauty is, I don't think Tencent interferes with a lot. Since they bought Riot Games, like it didn't like go pay to win or anything, right? No. And since Path of Exile got bought by, uh, oh, that's still new. We'll here, see how it goes. That's still kind of new, so we don't know yet. But nothing's really changed for the negative there. It's still been very transparent and very fair. Uh, RuneScape hasn't changed too much either since uh, being under their Chinese overlords. So, for the most part, you know these things don't rock the boat too much so far. You know, Gearbox yeah. can happen, Pyrrhic. I could see that happening. All right, I'm going to guess something a little more absurd. I'm going to guess the Angry Birds company, Rovio. Really? No, they suck. Ro- when was the last time Rovio made a good game? They've had Angry Birds and nothing else. They're garbage. Well, maybe Tencent can turn around with Angry Birds can't, or- Oriental, can't... Oriental Edition, all right? <laughs> well, you can't turn around. Angry Birds is garbage, all right? Angry Birds is dead, all right? We'll see. That's my guess. Yeah. That one's a no-go. No way. Next year they buy Nintendo. Honestly, I think I think Tencent would buy Nintendo if they were allowed to. But Japanese companies are very weird corporate like culture and structure where like they don't really let foreign companies buy them. <laughs> so if they could, they would probably have already bought Nintendo. Uh, Donut says Angry Birds Chicken Dinner Edition. There you go. See, they can, they can tie it in to Battle Royale. I like it. Actually, I think a lot of kids would play an Angry Birds Battle Royale, and I think it'd be easier to sell to the to the parents too because it's a lot less uh, violent. Huh? You just literally mentioned the random franchise and slap Battle Royale at them. How would that even work? In the world of Angry Birds, it just literally you're you're throwing it's birds. A, at it's the birds versus the pigs. So there's two teams. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Okay. I, I just don't see it working. Unless you're designing a whole new game. Doesn't make any sense. You know they made a. Okay, hold up. Do you know they made hold a up. whole RPG based on Angry Birds? What? Oh, an RPG. An R- I'll, I'll find it. I'll find the. Uh... There's an Angry Birds RPG. There's an it's Angry Birds RPG. RPG. It's a turn-based. Look, I'm playing a video. This is a this is a real thing. What? So if they can if they can whip this up, trust me, they can whip up a battle Yo, royale. Look at, the, look at those sick cosmetics on those birds. <laughs> Dude, look at those cosmetics. Shit looks dope. Isn't this retarded? <laughs> it's got better cosmetics than PUBG. <laughs> this is the stupidest thing I've seen, but it's a full scale. As, as far as full scale goes on mobile. Didn't they make an Angry Birds movie? Yes, they also have a movie. Yeah, we should. I, I don't. I don't know. That's really weird. Like, it, it's such like it's like making a movie on like such a simple concept. Like, imagine a movie on like Pong. That's like how simple the concept you, of Angry Birds you, is. We, we can go. We can go stupider. They made a movie called The Emoji Movie. Yeah, that that was really stupid. Okay. At least you, at least you have a lot of characters there. You know. Is I I, I just. What do you mean a lot of characters? You have no characters. They're just stupid emojis. Wait, is there a Pong movie? There might be a Pong movie. I wouldn't be surprised. No, there. I don't think there is. There isn't. One day. Yeah, I'm not gonna play this. Well, there, there is that Candy Crush TV show too, which is really stupid. 
and let's not go back into that. All right. <laughs> I have another example of why uh, mobile is taking over the world. A quick short one. Uh, I really like this blogs. This this have you, I'm sure you, the Center Tower blog. Yep. They they post a lot of good mobile uh, data. The Fire Emblem Heroes made over sixty million dollars this summer. So put the number to context, guys. Literally the best selling Fire Emblem game ever sold two million copies on the 3DS. Right. That's at, at forty dollars per unit. That's about eighty million dollars. The best-selling Fire Emblem game ever in the franchise made $80 million. This made $60 million in one summer. All right? And since launch in February of 2017, Fire Emblem Heroes has made $417 million. So this has made more than five times as much money as the best-selling Fire Emblem game in the world. In fact, Fire Emblem Heroes has made more money than the next 12 best-selling Fire Emblem games combined. If this if this is not the the sign that mobile is the future, I don't know what is. All right, get used to it, boys. Pay to win mobile games, embrace them. They're here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I don't know what you. If you're Nintendo and you see these numbers, I think it kind of looks obvious where you got to put your next, you know, you know, your your um, development mm-hmm. budget. You know, like w- how can you justify another, uh, you know, console release of Fire Emblem? When you could just do this instead. Mm-hmm. It just makes so much more money. Absolutely not so much more money it makes. All right, enough mobile trash, boys. Let's talk about some PC trash, all right? <laughs> uh, Wildstar is shutting down. Carbine Studios is finally going to die. Finally, Carbine Studios and Wildstar succumbed to their, to, their can- to the crippling cancer they've been suffering for over the last few years. We've talked about this game for a long time. It's been on its deathbed. And every time the doctor tells them, you only have three days to live, Wildstar pulls through and just survives. And it's finally just bit the bullet. Couldn't make it. It's finally dead. Off life support. It's shutting down. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've been trying to predict when this would happen, but we've been wrong for like three years now. Uh, we've, we haven't, it's, it's kind of stayed alive against all odds for this long. And uh, you know what? NCSoft got a lot of hate in the past for shutting, the, shutting down games preemptively. But mm-hmm. I think with Wildstar, they gave it, you know, they gave it, it's full life like they did not they did not cut the cord here before the body was dead they gave it every experimental drug in the world all right <laughs> they they reanimated this corpse as long as they could all right but they couldn't do it it's dead you know eugens i would love to but there's no way that you can get a real game like this i i, I would love to buy it off them for a couple thousand but they would never sell it for that price <laughs> x steel metal rage you know monty block never forget x steel never forget never forgive all right x steel <laughs> it was ahead of its time all right. If if they relaunch X Steel, I'll play. I'll pledge ten dollars. You should you should buy that one. X Steel is probably a lot cheaper to buy the license for. It, they wouldn't sell it though. The, these yeah. big companies don't don't sell, unfortunately. But the game is finally dying. More surprising to me is they had fifty employees at Carbine Studios working on this game. Fifty employees lost their jobs over this. I was just surprised the game still had that many people working on it. You know, fifty people is let me. You know, fifty people probably in like a California office. On average, they're probably getting paid at least fifty k each on average. So let's see how much money they were they were spending, or rather wasting, on Wildstar. So fifty thousand times fifty, they were spending two point five million dollars on just employee expense alone, uh, software licenses, office utilities. We're gonna say they're gonna spend. They were they were spending three million dollars on the game, maintaining it every year at oh, least. Canary says, "I bet they were the fifty out of hundred people playing it." Honestly, if I was if they all played it, yeah, they should. If I was the CEO of uh or the you know the head manager at um Carbine, I'd be like, "Listen, guys, go home and multi box." 50 accounts each and leave them running against the wall so we can 
when I present the stats to NCSoft every quarter, I can say, look, our player base is growing. <laughs> That's true. I mean, there's only 63 players on Wildstar right now on Steam. So, you know, those 50 guys all stopped playing. You made this game, you played till the end. Honestly, I, if, if, I, if I worked at a game company, I, I would feel almost like a sense of loyalty. Like, I would have to play the game, right? Even if the game was shit, if I'm being paid my salary by from this game company, I would want to play it. Because if, you know, by playing the game, you have a good insight into the game, you know? Like, ideally, the people that make the game should be the biggest fans of that game. Like, if you don't love the game you're working on, it's hard to be a productive employee, right? That's not true, because I think you're you're correct for this, the small percent, that the subset of employees who actually directly work on the game. Yeah, that's right. But I mean, there yeah. are a lot of employees, out of those 50, I bet maybe like 10 of them actually worked on uh, designing the game. There were a few guys who all the game was to them was like just a, the back end code. So it didn't mm-hmm. matter, like the server architecture, where it didn't matter if they're working on a Google uh, cloud hosting or a game. Like it's the same, it's just numbers, you know? Yeah, and a lot of that's customer true. support, a lot of, you know, managers. Uh, so I don't know. That's true. For, for people that are working on making and, and like balancing the game, designing the game. Yeah. Those guys should be the ones playing it. Maybe like bug fixes and stuff. They should be the ones playing it all the time. So plus, if you also if you receive your salary from the game too, there's all sense of loyalty. Like even if you work on the back end code, I feel like I'm getting my my livelihood from this game. I should at least play it like an hour a day. All right, let, let me let me give them that. You know, I would I would have a separate computer set up with like four instances running and running against the wall. If I if I worked there, Nominos the Wander. I'm just gonna follow this logic. I work at McDonald's. I have a great insight into these burgers. I should, you know, if you work at McDonald's, I should eat these burgers. <laughs> you'd be crazy not to be eating those dollar McDoubles. Actually, right? I bet I bet you if you work there, you're less inclined to eat them because you you see how it's made. <laughs> no, 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 I, I give those those. Unfortunately, McDoubles are no longer a dollar; they're like a dollar ninety nine now. So feels bad, man. But the the, the McNuggets are still twenty for five. Or if you want to get the hot and spicy McChickens, they're dollar sixty nine. All right, that is that is a value, my friend. That is value. The calories per dollar spent. Woo! Mickey's is awesome for the calories per dollar spent, boys. Good value. I should get a discount, too. Rest in pepperoni, Wildstar. You've survived longer than any of us thought you would. You know, we thought maybe, maybe you would just, like, you'd beat the cancer, you know? There was, there was always a chance that Wildstar would suddenly blow up to be this amazing game after they beat this cancer, you know? This suddenly be, it would be like the greatest turnaround story in gaming. Like it went from like having two years of having like 100 players and then explodes after this amazing new patch these guys worked on to make the game so much better. But no, couldn't do it. So what is, uh, what's sure. left on NCSoft now? I think, well, what's next on the chopping block, I should say? What's left on the chopping block? Uh, they have, they still Lineage, Lineage 2 worse. is, I think, their worst performer after uh, Wildstar. Really? Yeah, if you, I think you had a article about the NCSoft. Yeah, earnings. Let me look, because I know um like some of the, they they break down their their revenue by IP, and I think Guild Wars Two is surprisingly not doing super well either. But it's still very loved. The problem with Guild Wars Two is it's loved in America, but a lot of Americans don't spend that much money. Versus um like let me show you the Guild, the numbers from NCSoft here. Like it's it's it. not very popular in Asia the way it is in uh elsewhere. You look at the numbers right now. I look at the same exact thing, but let's see. Lineage makes $37 million uh, in the quarter. Lineage 2 made $12 million. Guild Wars 2 made $18 million. Blade Soul made $27. Aeon made $14 million. So Aeon and Lineage 2 and Guild Wars 2 are all on the pretty low end of their revenue wagon over there. But there is a new Aeon MRPG in the works. So if they make a new Aeon MRPG, it might give them an excuse to shut down the old one, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> and Roxian25 has noticed um, the first part of this graph here. Mobile games, which makes 185 million a quarter, 
which is, which is more, more than yeah. all those combined times like three. Yeah. That's like times two. All those times two. So it makes more than all the games combined multiplied by two, which is absolutely nuts. So mobile games are where the money's at, boys, unfortunately. They make a Lineage 2 mobile game too, which is supposed to be a lot like the... Like the thing about Lineage M is that Lineage M is basically Lineage 1 mobile. They didn't change the game. It's the same exact game. So they make Lineage 2 M the same way, where it's actually just literally Lineage 2 on mobile. It could be pretty fun because Lineage 2 is a good game, I think. It's one of the, it's, it's actually a different MMORPG. So if they do that on mobile, just the same exact game, it could do well. I think it's it's too dated. Uh, I think Lineage 2, like Lineage 1, that 12 million, is, the large majority is from Korea. I don't think the uh, the foreign appetite for that game is, is there. I want to show you an interesting statistic as well, Altai. Uh, not quite related to this, but there was a good post on uh, this this analytics company talking about monetization for free-to-play games. Let me go and link you this uh, the article. So it talks about the average revenue per daily active user, right? And looks at free-to-play PC games. So without without looking at the answer, okay, I'm not looking. What do you, don't look. What do you think is the for the free-to-play PC games market in North America? Okay. Okay. What do you the average revenue per daily active users increased two hundred sixty percent from last year? Wow, that's a huge increase. But how much? What do you think it is? The average revenue per daily active users. How much money is, let's say, a game like Next Maple Story Two in America, or like Fly for Fun, or any of these like free to play PC games? Okay. It would include League of Legends too. Per daily active user. So how much money are they making every single day from their daily active users? Oh, so daily revenue per user. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess that's what daily active user would suggest. Daily active user. Okay, per daily active. Well, no, it doesn't have to. Per daily active. Okay, fine. I, I will yeah, say. I, I think that's what they're saying. Okay, I'm gonna say. Oh, before you guess, before you guess, let's look at uh, World of Warcraft, for example. Let's say, for example, you as an average rating per daily user, you pay $15 a month, right? Yeah, so it would be like 50 cents. $15 divided by 30, it'd be 50 cents a day. You'd be yeah. the 50, uh, For a subscription-based MRPG, your average rating per daily active user, obviously not every, people pay it don't really play either, so it'd probably be a little bit higher for... Yeah, and, for, and you can do like server transfers and all this crap. Yeah, yeah, all that shit. Too. Okay, so take a guess for the free-to-play PC game market in America. I'll say a dollar. You think twice as much... Yes. As, no, it's 18 cents. Oh, so much lower. Okay, I'm much wrong. Much lower. So the the average money per deal I use is, is 18 cents. And I still find this pretty surprising because it's 50 cents if you're paying monthly, right? Yeah. For if you play all, every day. Uh, for Europe, however, the numbers are quite a bit uh, quite a bit different. In Europe, the number is 44 cents. Wow. So, so the, so the person, your, 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 your next, your, your MapleStory player, your Lineage 2 player, your Aeon player, whatever MRPG, free-to-play MRPG or MO you play in Europe, you spend a lot more money on average than Americans. More than two times as much. But yeah. I, I still find it pretty astounding how close these numbers are getting to the, to the subscription premium. front. Yeah. yeah. So like and the increase from last year is 260%, right? Mm-hmm. And in Europe, it's 175%. So another two years of these numbers increasing, the, the, like, like area games will make more money from their daily active users than World of Warcraft will, which is absolutely insane because they're paying monthly to play. I, I said it to my group of friends I'm playing with. Uh, wow. They didn't believe me. But I'm going to call it, I think in the next couple of years, WoW will go free to play. Really? Yeah. And I think they're going to have a model somewhat similar to Star Wars, where if you're a free player, you can get to max level and everything, but you, you know there'll be restrictions like there's no transmog for you, right? Stuff like that. No auction house. Uh, and if you, wanna, if you want access to those features, you got to pay the premium subscription. Like you can only do like, let's say five mythic dungeons a week. If you're a free player. Yeah, they could do that because while already is an infinite free trial, then you're yeah. max level 30 or something, right? I know Final Fantasy 14 does a similar thing where you can play forever but only like a certain level. Like if you do if you if if you're as a if you as a player 
Okay, so here's what, well, I was smart with this too. They added some new classes, right? Mm-hmm. But to unlock the new classes, you got to do a rep grind. So what people are doing is rep grinding on a current character, and then instead of making a new character when they can, they are paying for a race change to the new class, to the new race. And that mm-hmm. that the race change costs more than like a month of subscription time. Yeah. Uh, so that's a, I think it's an ingenious way to milk their customers. And isn't like a faction change like thirty bucks too or something? It's, they're not cheap. They're not cheap. They make a lot of money with this optional optional stuff. And I, I know people in my, my people in the chat are mentioning like, I my guild spent like two hundred bucks on uh, carbuncle mounts when they went on sale for Final Fantasy fourteen. So like people do spend a lot of money. Two hundred bucks content. for one mount? No, no. Well, they they bought a whole bunch for the, oh. everyone in their guild bought it. You know. Okay. Okay. So you see like these 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 you know mounts in these games all the time. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. There's new emotes. They, they sell emotes in the cash shop as well. So thirty dollar emotes? Not yet. One day though. Yo, the emotes of Final Fantasy fourteen are hella worth. All right, best emotes in any MMORPG, hands down. All right. But yeah. I, I, I find it surprising these 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 numbers for free to play PC users. Uh, yeah, I think if you look at just the top ten percent of free to play uh, spenders, you're way higher. It's way higher than just fifty cents. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because they're yeah. carrying everyone who's not paying anything. I've ranted about this before, and it's I, it's it. This is the biggest problem facing, like actually good, PCM RPGs like World of Warcraft, like Final Fantasy fourteen. Your most dedicated players for any PC game, your most dedicated hardcore player for Overwatch, for World of Warcraft, for Final Fantasy fourteen. The guy who literally plays eight hours a day, the guy who gets the most value from your game. $15 a month to play your game or one-time purchase for Overwatch is, is, is too cheap. He's getting too much value. It sounds like a douchebag thing to say, but like, but that same hardcore player who plays eight hours a day of Fake Grand Order or some mobile pay-to-win game is going to spend like $1,000 a month or $500 a month, right? The guy who plays WoW literally cannot spend more than like 30 bucks a month if he buys the monthly subscription and buys some bullshit in the cash shop every month. He can't spend that much money. And because game companies like, like Square Enix cannot monetize their users the way they can for mobile games is another reason why they're making mobile pay-to-win games because they don't want to make nobody wants to make World of Warcraft pay-to-win nobody wants to make Final Fantasy XIV pay-to-win but they're just not going to make new games like this when they can just make so much more off their mobile users the most hardcore users cannot be monetized the way they can for mobile without destroying the game well and, and that's why I think uh, more pay-to-win is coming our way on PC because like you said there are it's just too good of a value right now if you're like a hardcore player you pay 15 bucks i i paid 15 dollars for my one month wow i must have at least three days play time on my character now so that's what 70 something hours for 15 bucks like where do you get that and and my month is not even over yet you know i got another week or so or two i don't know but you know that's i'm paying pennies per hour of uh gameplay and here's the thing that, that kind of grinds my gears about this whole issue is that when a company tries to monetize their game and I think is an ethical and fair way, and I'm, I might get some shit for saying this, right? But remember that $100 loot box in Rift that literally only gave you bullshit mounts? People threw a hissy fit over this. There was, the, what's it, what's it called? The, what's, that, what's that big YouTuber who uh, critiques games? Oh, help me out here. He's the, the he's Jim a larger Quis- man. Jim Quisition. J- Jim Quis- Jim, the Jim Quisition guy, all right? He, he, he got so pissed off over this, right? But if you don't let these PC game companies mo- monetize their mounts or some bullshit cosmetics for $100, right? You can't, we can't have nice things anymore because if you don't let that happen 
and you throw a hissy fit over that, we're going to get pay-to-win shit anyway. Like that, like instead of a $100 bullshit mount that doesn't affect the game, we're going to get some $20 pay-to-win weapons and items in the game that will affect the game. That's the problem. Because I would rather have $100 mounts in Final Fantasy XIV, $200 mounts, $100 emotes, some bullshit cosmetics, because people will spend that money. Right, and I'd rather Square Enix make money off this. Let them. If the guy but wants to buy a two hundred dollar mouse, doesn't affect the game. The, the good problem for him. is it's analog. So once you open that floodgate, right, the premium mount, it's it's gonna end, you're gonna end up with premium ammo in a, in a few I don't more want patches. That. That, well, but uh, no, they're doing that because the premium ammo, the price point is lower. Right, it's like a ten cents per premium ammo reload. Right, but you have to buy it every single game. Mm -hmm. And and the people threw a hissy fits over hundred dollar premium mounts and the mounts don't do anything who cares let them monetize off mounts don't do anything i'd rather do that than selling pay to win shit pay to win will ruin the game and ruin my experience but some guy buying a hundred dollar bullshit mount i don't care and and wow square enix all these companies they have to be able to make more money per, from their high-end users the guy the most hardcore users literally cannot spend more than 100 like more than 50 bucks a month you cannot spend more than 50 dollars a month on wow or final fantasy 14. If you buy a Fantasia every single month along with the subscription, you're still not spending 50 bucks a month. You just cannot spend that kind of money. Whereas on mobile, you can. I, I, I want the best of both worlds. I want PC games to be able to make enough money to keep supporting themselves without being paid to win. And the only way to do that is to have cosmetics and other non-gameplay altering stuff on the high end. Sell stuff for like, sell the cheap shit too, but also make some high end shit. Brilliant idea. Ready? Idea of the week here. So have a function in the game, like Final Fantasy, where... Mm -hmm. Users can verify that they're over 21. But they have to send like a, a scan of their ID or something, okay? Yeah. And now there'll be a room in the gold saucer that when you try walking into, there's an invisible wall unless you're a verified account. If you're verified, you can walk right in. And there's like, machines? there's slot machines, baby. No, Blackjack tables with RMT. And you have like the NPC girls in like the bunny outfits. The bunny like, girls, the yeah. naked girls dealing yeah, you. Yeah, Hell yeah. yeah. Sign me yes. up. That makes so yes. much money. There man. you go. People would blow all their money. And then Square Enix can just roll it in. Exactly. I am with you, Carthen, uh, Carthenagian 15. Carthaginian 15. Uh, and if we don't let these companies sell expensive cosmetics, at the end of the day, we will be left with pay-to-win cheaper items, which will ruin the game more. And I just did not understand the outrage over those $100 loot box only for mounts. I'd much rather that than pay-to-win anything else. And until we fix that fundamental problem of high-end hardcore players not being able to spend more than like $15 a month, you just can't do it. There's, there's no solution there. The only solution there is if we stick with the current model, games like Final Fantasy XIV will be dead. We'll never get games like that again because there's, there's no money in it anymore. Well, with that optimistic tone, any other stories we got to cover? There's one last one we got to cover before we get to the post game. Uh, one thing I was I was slightly wrong about, perhaps, I, you know, I, I, I'm care to admit it. We do have a new Lord of the Rings and more RPG in the works by a Chinese game studio. The guys that own Warframe partnered, got the official license, from Middle Earth Enterprises to develop basically a new Lord of the Rings MMORPG, which will likely be free to play. And I've been saying for a while that I don't think we're going to get another big budget PC MMORPG. And perhaps I was wrong because this is like this is going to be a PC and or console title. Yeah. And it'll be based on the Lord of the Rings IP. So it's got massive franchise behind it. You have some, some hot Chinese money developing it. They own Warframe. It won't be the guys that make Warframe that make this. It'll be a different studio. I think their publishing studio is going to be called Athlon Games. So we know nothing about this game yet. All we know is they, they inked an agreement with Middle Earth to use the Lord of the Rings franchise to make a new MMORPG. So we have another, we have a real PC MMORPG announced, or at least in development now. We'll see how much money is actually spent on it. We'll see what, what to expect. But so my prediction of basically getting no more PC MMORPGs has been off. I don't think we're gonna get many more, and I don't think I don't, I don't think Blizzard will make another PC MMORPG ever again. I don't think Square Enix will make another one either. 
But we do have this Chinese one coming out now. So, so I was wrong a little bit. And just to, we know very little about this, just to add some context here. We do know it's going to be set before the events in the main Lord of the Rings book series, which means it will not overlap with the currently running Lord of the Rings Online. And the people at Lord of the Rings Online have already said this will have no effect on their uh, service. They will not be shutting down or anything because of this. Uh, so they will run concurrently. Uh, they're based way different timelines here. Uh, mm-hmm. Besides that, I I I would I would say I would hold off to say you're wrong, where because I think I suspect they're going to use a lot of weasel words to not call themselves like a standard MRPG. It's going to be some kind of live a shared world, yeah, yeah, all this crap. nonsense. Yeah, they might do that too. So I think they might go more the route of Anthem or uh, Destiny Two because it's not and or console. I'm I'm fairly certain it will be PC and console. So, so uh, we don't know exactly what they're going to have, but I suspect, if I had to guess right now, they're going to copy kind of the Anthem shared world environment. Could be. Yeah. But yeah, with that, we should probably get to the post game. Uh, all right. Sounds good we, to we, me. We cover all the big stories, I think. Yep. All right. Thanks for watching, YouTube. And uh, uh, We will be in, uh, in in Seattle, actually, for, for the story tomorrow. So we'll be away from the, the PC for a bit. No stream on Friday. Uh, we'll probably be back for uh, Monday. Though, for Tuesday, rather. But there is a big catch coming for Final Fantasy XIV on Tuesday, so I might be literally playing all day. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, all right. But well, for now, take care. Take it easy.